This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, I'll tell you, after the past two years, if you told me that once COVID rolled through, the zombies would be next, I'd probably think that seems about right. And they are coming, actually, to Annapolis, but not the Walking Dead ones. Joining me on the phone today is a musical legend, a Hall of Fame inductee, and the lead singer of The Zombies, Colin Bloomstone. How are you? I'm very well, John. Very well, indeed. I'm really glad to be back on the road and and playing again. You know, the Zombies are a touring band. This is what we live for. So it's just great to be out there um, playing to live audiences again. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And actually, I'm going to say a belated congrats, even though I haven't talked to you uh, ever, but uh, on your semi-recent induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was back on March 29th of 2019. Long overdue. Well, thanks very much. I mean, it was an absolutely magical evening at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And we were presented with our, our, our induction um, in front of 17,000 people and and it was televised as well. So it was just a monumental evening. And there was some wonderful people that were inducted at the same time, like Janet Jackson and uh, Radiohead, The Cure, um, many wonderful artists. And it, it, it was just great fun to meet up with them. And then um, at the end, uh, most of the guys all got together and, and played uh, um, just a, a couple of tunes at the end. And it was, it was an evening I'll never forget. It was just absolutely magical. Well, I'll tell you, it was a little bit, I don't know whether it was well played on your part or just uh, happenstance, but that was, I understand, 50 years to the date when your hit Time of the Season hit number one on the charts in the U.S., is that accurate? It's absolutely true. Yes, it, it, it was. It was to the day, and it um, it hit number one on Cashbox. I think it went to number two in Billboard, which, to some extent, is sort of it kind of uh, it, it makes it a bit challenging, really, because we had a couple of number one records, but they were number one in Cashbox, which doesn't exist anymore. And of course, they were number two or number three in Billboard. And sometimes people will pick us up on it because we'll claim the number one every time, you know, because at the time, Cashbox and Billboard were equally important. Um, so, I mean, yeah, those were the days from 64 to 67. The Zombies had uh, three top five singles and many top hundred singles. And it, it was a very exciting time. We were part of the, the first wave of the British invasion. And so... It was a whole new world, and we were 19 years old, and we were thrust into the middle of this this incredibly exciting time. Did you ever see today when you were 19? Did you have any idea that the zombies were going to go where they went? No, absolutely none. Um, I think most people at that time thought that a band would have a year a, a, a career span of two or three years, and I was no exception. Um, I thought it was absolutely a wonderful adventure to be touring the world with my pals, playing the music I loved. But I, I mean, I didn't put a time limit on it, but I expected it to be for about two or three years. And if you told me that 50 or 60 years later, I'd still be playing in the zombies and touring, I, I would never have believed you. But we've, we've been just really, really fortunate to be able to continue this career into this time of our lives. Well, I tell you, I went onto your website, which is thezombiesmusic.com, and I happen to notice the big 
picture up across the front page there, and you are all still smiling. So that's always a good sign there that uh, rock and roll it has is been a good, good sign, to you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What was your What was your plan B if the if the zombies didn't work out? I there was no plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took life very casually in my teenage years. I can remember being at school and just subconsciously thinking that school went on forever. And there absolutely was no plan B. And I mean, I got into the zombies really by chance. But really, this Rod Argent's idea, um, we all went to school in a little town called St. Albans. Rod Argent got this idea of forming a band. And he got a couple of guys from his school to join a band. I mean, it's very, very vague. And then uh, a guy from the next street that he used to knock around with didn't go to his school, but he asked him to join the band. And I happened to sit next to that guy at school. See, we were 15, you know. And so my connection to the rest of the band was a bit tenuous. And my audition was something like, you've got a guitar, haven't you? Yes. Do you want to be in a band? That was it. I was in the zombies. <laughs> I mean, people audition for months and years to get a break like that. But it, it was just because the guy sat next to school, uh, at school oh. uh, knew Rod and he was putting a band together. Well, I mean, to go from there to think that you're going to get a 60-year career, is uh, it's, it's a big jump. You know, as I said before, I think we've been very fortunate. Well, it certainly is. Well, you are going to be playing in Annapolis on April 19th at a Ram's Head show at Maryland Hall. And I did just take a peek, and there are tickets that are still available. You can get them at ramsheadonstage.com. But this is the zombies. This is not your solo career coming in. You are bringing in the zombies. So what can we expect from this show? A bunch of your old favorites, or are we bringing in some of the newer stuff on Still Got the Hunger? Oh, yeah, there'll be a real mixture. Well, of course, we'll play all the hits. Um, and we always do because people love to hear the hits. But zombies thrive on writing and recording new songs. So we had a, a new album, I think, in 2015. It, it just got into the Billboard Top 100, which was really exciting for us. We'll be playing some songs from that album, but we've just finished an album literally last week before we came over to the States. And we'll be playing three or four songs from that brand new album. No one has ever heard these songs before. So, I, you know, I really think there'll be something there for everyone. The people who want to hear the hits, there'll be plenty of hits. And the people that want to hear something brand new, that we've, we've got just the thing for you, uh, four brand new songs. Well, it's funny. I, that was one of my questions is that what was, what's the deal on the rumor on the new album? So there you go. Just finished up in the UK. It should be available pretty soon. I would hope so. I'd hope it possibly this summer. It, we're at that point now. It's a little bit embarrassing because people often would say, what's the name of the album? It's so new. You know, the, the album doesn't have a name and, and it's so new. The album doesn't have a release date. We literally finished it but just before we got on the plane. So um, the next few weeks, all these things will be become more evident. And uh, obviously, I'll have uh, more information about the album funny you talk about embarrassing i was uh when i was just doing some background before we got to talk and i really feel like somewhat of adult for this but my very first concert ever um was elo in the early 70s and you opened for them and uh it was like their first headlining tour 
And I, I haven't found Absolutely. the I haven't found the ticket, but I'll I'll tell you that you were you were touring under your your name, and not the not the zombies. I never put the two and two together, but I've been a huge zombies fan forever. And uh, I, I'm like I'm like oh my gosh, that was him. <laughs> I know I remember that tour so well. Um, opening up for ELO, they were absolutely fabulous. And because I was featuring songs from my first solo album, uh, which was called One Year, there are several tracks on there that feature strings. And I, I think people saw the connection between what I was doing and, and you know, it, just in, in a vague way because of the strings and what ELO were doing. And so that was my first solo tour. And in fact, they've just re-released One Year, which is my first solo album, uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of its release. And it, it's it's getting quite a lot of attention, which is, yeah, it's great to think that people remember an album that you recorded such a long time ago. But I, I vividly remember that ELO tour. I remember it really well. You know, music is so powerful, though. I was, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day saying, you know, how is it that we can listen to the 70s or the 60s on XM and remember the words to a song that we haven't heard literally in probably 15 years that really speaks to the power of music and certainly the staying power of stuff. I mean, you know, you look at the hits that you guys have had, they're timeless. They are timeless. You know, it's funny, the zombies, we had two really, really good writers in the band in Rod Argent and Chris White. They wrote some wonderful songs and I, they, the songs sound as fresh and as relevant today as they did when they were recorded. And as you quite rightly said, they have a timeless feel about them. But, and it's a complete opposite of that, is that they're often chosen to go into, the zombie tunes are often chosen to go into films to, to show off a time period in that film. And it seems to work both ways. Like if you listen to Time of the Season, it can very easily take you back to the 60s. But also, it, it sounds pretty good as a as a contemporary piece of music. It's it's quite strange the way that you listen to zombies music in particular. But just going back to music in general, one of the things that really strikes me is the emotional uh, reaction you can get from hearing a piece of music. It can be a classical piece of music, or it, it can be you know, a, a song from 10 or 15 years ago that means something to you personally. And certainly with me, I, I can feel really emotional over certain songs and get, you know, quite tearful because it, even if it isn't a sad memory, it doesn't have to be a sad memory, it's just a really strong memory that comes back and, and floods your your emotions and suddenly your eyes are welling up and you're thinking, what's happening? What's that? And it's this, <laughs> it's this piece of music taken over your life just for whatever it is, three or four minutes. Been there, done that. I think, I, I think we all have been there and done that. Okay. The zombies. And I don't know whether it's fair to say you broke up. Um, and I've, I've heard people say that, but I mean, you guys kind of just stopped playing. We right, did, I mean, because you, yeah. you got you guys have remained friends. I mean, you sit there and you talk about, oh yeah, we co-produced and we co-wrote and we played on things, and 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 here you are right now, uh, coming to Maryland Hall on April nineteenth, and it's a lot of the brand of of the zombies, the original ones. I mean, you know, you've got Rod, you've got yourself. You've, I, I mean, so you guys, I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, one of these horrible rock and roll breakups that you hear. No, there's about. no real animosity when we when we broke up. I, I think 
the key to all this is we were very, very young. Uh, and then if you take into account there was no internet, so we didn't know what was happening in other countries, often until years afterwards. And after the band finished, we realized we always had hit records somewhere in the world. But I think we concentrated too much on the UK and the US charts. And we could get news about those charts, but say in the Far East or South America or Africa, um, even Eastern Europe, it was very hard to get information about hits. And maybe if we'd have known at the time that we had hits, the whole time we were playing professionally from 64 to 67, we always had hits. If we'd have known that, maybe we would have, we would have kept going. I mean, bands have a lifespan. You know, you, you realize in the end it's time to move on to new projects. It doesn't have to mean that you hate the, uh, the people in the band. It's just time to try something new. And that could be another argument for why the band finished. Maybe we'd run our course and it was just time to move on. But I, I do remember talking to the guys afterwards and saying, you know, we never knew we had hits in Sweden, never knew we had hits in Greece. And, and without the internet, that information was just not available. Right, right. Wow, a lot, a lot has certainly changed. I mean, as you, in your career, solo, as well as with uh, the different bands, I mean, you probably played small intimate rooms to probably two or three people i'm sure at some point in your career to, sure. to <laughs> yes absolutely um, thanks mom right <laughs> you know yes. <laughs> uh, you know and, and auditorium and also stadiums i mean you know money aside what do you prefer i mean i you know i, I was talking to um felix cavallari who said yeah no stadiums because it's all the money but you know <laughs> Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, Felix is great. We've literally just been playing with him on a cruise in, in the Caribbean. He, he's a wonderful player and a great and a great guy, you know. Uh, but for me, I quite like the variety, actually. You know, we've played Glastonbury. We've played the Isle of Wight Festival, the huge festivals. We've played Carnegie Hall. We've played the Albert Hall in London. We've played really big places. Um, and we've played, you know, intimate minute clubs to like a hundred people, maybe yeah. even less. And I quite enjoy the challenge of, of, of playing both. Uh, and, the, the, and I enjoy the variety of it really, because you do have to take a slightly bigger, a slightly different approach. You know, if you're on a big stage, you, you know, you have to, your movements are going to be bigger. Sure. Of course, everybody has to has to uh, grow to the size of that stage, and if, if you know what I mean. And then when you're in a small club, people are right on top of you, and you can hear them talking, and you, you know, you've, you, there's a, you have to be quite tough, really. Well, for both, you know, for a, for a huge festival, you, you know, artists have to be quite brave in a way, but maybe they're just, they're just born that way to face maybe 20 or 30,000 people. But then the other side of it is, which people perhaps don't realize, when people are right on top of you, there's another kind of challenge because it gets very personal sometimes. And um, you've got to be able to get over that feeling that people are right in your space and while you're trying to perform. And uh, I quite enjoy that. 
with the the big stadiums, they are an audience to to a large extent. It's an audience. When you're in a small club, they're individuals. And if somebody, you know, the worst thing is if someone yawns or something like that, <laughs> uh, or if someone leaves their seat and, and walks out, <clears throat> usually, especially as we play to an older crowd a lot of the time, they will come back, you know, because they've gone to the toilet. So they, uh, they, they, they haven't walked out. They, um, you know, they just need to use the facilities. And I'm always so pleased to see them come back when they've, you know. That's fantastic. What song of, of yours, whether it be solo or whether it be, you know, part of the zombies that do you never get tired of playing? Is there, is there a song that you're like, yeah, okay, this is it. I love playing this song. I think there's quite a few, really. Um, certainly with the Zombies, She's Not There will always be a special song to me because it's the first song we recorded and it changed all our lives. Um, away from the Zombies, I, I sang a lot of songs for the Alan Parsons Project. And there's a, there's a song called Old and Wise, which is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. And, you know, I had the privilege of putting the vocal on there. So Old and Wise would be one of my favorite songs for sure. You have any that you're uh, not so uh, not so keen on? Oh, uh, there are some. There's, but, but I'm not going to say what they are because because it could spoil someone else's pleasure in that song. But there's one old zombie song when Rod and I started playing again. There was a huge gap where we, Rod produced me. I played on shows for him, but we didn't uh, tour together. And in 1999, we got back together again. And we were just going through some old zombie tunes, and there's one. I just thought it was so terrible. I couldn't stop laughing, and my knees went while I was trying to sing this song. And I was literally on my knees because it, I just thought it was so awful. And I can't tell you what it's called, but it's quite popular and people love it. And and we still play it. And I try not to let my knees go and um, and I try not to laugh while I'm singing it. But yeah, there is one zombie song that I'm not very fond of. Well, I'll tell you, if we uh, on April 19th at Maryland Hall, if we see Colin and Blundstone get a little bit weak in the knees and start laughing, we know which one it is, I guess. You'll know point. which one it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you, but just as we start to wrap it up here, man, if you could team up if all of a sudden the zombies were going to continue your tour and you've got a really kind of a cool tour you're playing a bunch of cool venues in the area or not in the area but in the states as you, before you go back i guess you're going to go back over to europe but if you could have any other band join you right now who would it be oh, the zombies wow. and you know mccartney would be quite nice um yeah I like, you know, I always think of all the, I think especially with British acts, it's all the acts that you know by one name. So it would be great. I mean, I, I've got to admit, we would have to open for these guys, but McCartney, Elton, Clapton, these kind of just super, superstars. It would just be incredible to tour with them, uh, to hear their wonderful repertoire and to see how they prepare themselves for for performances. I, I, I just think that would be incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what you, where are you at now? Are you based in, you're based in the UK, right? I, I, I live in, I live very close to uh, London. I live about 20 miles Southwest of London. Um, at the moment I'm in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. We, we just played last night 
it went really, really well. Um, It takes a little time. We haven't played in two and a half years. And it's like if you were a sportsman, a tennis player, if he comes back after injury, it takes him a little while to to get his game back together or a golfer or something like that. And it's the same with musicians. I think it just takes a little while to to get the act really tight, but I, it's coming. I can feel it. You know, we were we were much tighter last night than we were on the first night, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the tour. I think we're playing till the end of the month. It's, it's going to be great, and the band is just going to be really really rocking by the time by the by the time you know we get to the end of the month well we are excited to have you coming into annapolis on april 19th at maryland hall the doors open at 6 30 the show is at 7 30 and this is being brought by ramshead on stage and you can get your tickets at ramsheadonstage.com i can't wait to see this show this is going to be fantastic I'm, I'm excited now that you're saying you're getting all nice and tight between the the shows that are leading up to it. So that's going to be great. Sure. And, and I'm going to be looking for, uh, for your laughter and your, uh, and your, and your knees collapsing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out what that's, what that song is. But when, when you're not touring, Colin, what keeps you busy at home? Well, you know, I think for the first month when I get home, I do very little. I've got to be honest. I've come to the conclusion that I need to get some hobbies together I've always wanted to paint. I used to paint when I was younger. So maybe, I, I, you know, I could develop that, start painting again. And I'd like to understand a little bit more about our garden. We've got a beautiful garden that runs down to a very old canal. So we have canal boats going up at the end of our garden. And, and I'd, I'd like to really work on the garden if I can this year. I'm, I'm not going to be home for very much, but right. um, I, I'd love to get that sorted. And the third thing, I'd like to get fit again. I used to be very fit when I was younger, and I've really let that slip, especially in the last two and a half years. So there's, there's three things that I can aim for when I get back home. Welcome to the club with the COVID-15 or 20 pounds or whatever it is they're whatever yes, it is, it's doing. terrible, isn't it? But, you know, I, d- think, I think most of us are suffering from that. That's true. You're going to be coming to Annapolis on April 19th at Maryland Hall. Tickets are available at ramsheadonstage.com. And we're talking with Colin Blundstone, who is the founder and the lead singer of The Zombies. And he's going to be bringing The Zombies here to Annapolis. And I'm so excited about that. Um, I want to thank you very much for your time today. And I look forward to seeing the show. And if I can muscle my way backstage or something like that, I will introduce myself when I get there, when, when you get here to Annapolis. That would be brilliant, John. And off air, I'll tell you the song that I'm talking about that brings me to my knees. Um... And, and we can compare notes. You tell me if you feel the same way about it. Fair enough. Okay, mate. Looking forward to seeing you and, and looking very much looking forward to the show. Thanks so Take- much for having me on the show today. Take care. Safe travels. So, and thanks, John. All the very best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wait a sec. This is the real zombies. Well, no one told me about her. She lied. Well, no one told me about her. How many people cried? But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there.
what could I do? Well, no one told me about love, though they all knew. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. Please don't bother trying to find.